0: welcome to the epiphany movement podcast to learn more about the epiphany movement visit us online at epiphanymovement.com thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoy today's talk from pastor drake nelson you have this big paper if you do want to take a look at it Literally, when I say, just take a look at it. Just take a look at it. Um, I, I made this out. Uh, just kind of a little bit about everything that we talked about. And we'll review today. I'm going to study a little bit of, stu- of the new stuff. But just review. When you hear the word revelation, you think about what word? Yes, very good. And then when we know the tribulation, there's three different types of tribulation. It's the and then the, and the end of, yeah, very good. Now, what chapter of Scripture are the most important chapters in Revelation? That's very good. It's like, oh yeah, I got this right here. Yes, yeah, okay. Now, when we have questions, when we have questions, where do we go? chapter what? And it has a lot of answers, doesn't it? Yeah, it has a lot of answers. Now, when we look at 11 through 15, what's significant about chapter 11? And what's significant about chapter 11 is that two witnesses come. Now, we can get bogged down about, is it Moses or is it Elijah? Will it be Peter and James and John? Who will the two witnesses be? But that should not bog you down. Here's why that should not bog you down. Because it's not about who they are. It's about what they represent when they get here. Because every single person. And the Bible says, we'll see them dead, and we'll see them raised back to life. And so until you have seen that happen, guess what? Who has not come? Well, we know. I'm sorry, I'm not a speaker. We know. He's it's like, it's coming sorry. now. <laughs> <laughs> here comes here, here, the trumpet, okay? Uh,
1: hold on. Let me, um, let me, let me, let me, let uh, me. Do
0: you want to go him up? No, I, 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 I'll I I will, I will put him up right here. Uh, he's, hey, come here, man. Come here, man. Oh, like two weeks ago, he we was standing right there, and we did fighting for like literally it was a long, really long time. And I, I, my heart can't take it. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, okay, okay. Riley's out there, Riley can run. I don't care. Right, there, Shame up. on you, know, poor I know, Riley. I know, okay. He always got him locked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so after that then what then then happens? I don't even I can't even really remember where I go. Okay. okay two witnesses yeah, very good. Thank you, Mr. Donnie. So the two witnesses come and then they get go to heaven, everybody sees this, and then three people come up on the screen, but they come up back to back to back. It's important to know they don't all show up at one time. They come back to back to back. Who's the very first one? His name is yeah. yeah 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 and who do we know that that is to be okay very good but who what what does Satan do let me ask you this he does one specific thing that we know he declares war on God He's we' like i'm coming for you bro like, like you're, you're like I'm coming for y- for y'all and then what happens after that? Somebody arrives on the scene. His name is the first beast. Now, who is the first beast? We don't know. We have no idea who this first beast is. Now, that can be troublesome to some. It may be even a little bit troubling to me, but we do know what he's going to do. So when he gets here, we'll be like, okay, we'll be ready. Now, it says in the Bible that one of his heads, he has seven heads and seven horns, or ten horns. And you're like, well, what does the seven heads and ten horns mean? It's all symbolic. What? what your world is going on, go to chapter one. 17, 17. very good. Okay, it says one of his hands is wounded beyond recovery, but it somehow miraculously heals. And when it heals, everybody's going to praise those first beasts. And they're going to give their allegiance to the first beast. And now, he is going to do something that's never been done before. You say, well, Alexander the Great did it. No, Alexander the Great ruled the known world at that time. He did not rule the entire world. Even within the known world, there were still tribes, tongues, nations, and languages that did not convert to Roman rule. But when this dude comes up, every single tongue, every single nation, every single language will all be governed by who? By the beast. Okay? Now, this is very important. Now, I I tried to put this the best I could in your notes, but hear me, hear me, hear me. This does not mean... Because we hear this a lot, and I'm, not, and, and I'm just saying that it's not, when you hear it, don't think, oh, this is for sure in the Bible, because it's not, okay? You hear a one-world government. Have you ever heard of that? A one-world government? Yes, yeah, so, oh, I, I can see the one-world government coming, okay? All right, fair enough, fair enough. But when the Bible talks about it, the Bible says there's going to be different nations, there's going to be this nation, and this nation, and this nation. How else will a nation go to war against nation, right? There will be different nations all around, but who will be ruling them all? The first beast. Okay, that's so important, all right? First beast, rule them all. Then, who comes onto the scene? Guess what? The second beast comes on the scene. Now, will the first beast and the second beast kind of like rain at the same time? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe the first beast died and then the second one. I don't know. Bible doesn't say. But here's what we do know. We do know that the second beast will exercise all the authority of the first beast and he will make a statue of the first beast. And the second beast, his name is given. His name is the what? The false prophet. But what does John call him in First um, John? He calls him the Antichrist. But who does Paul call him? Paul calls him in Second Thessalonians chapter two, I believe, it's verse three. He calls him the man of lawlessness. The man of lawlessness. Now this false prophet is going to come, and what is he going to do, y'all? When you like, I, I tell you this because when you see this happening, like, know something's up. Okay, when you see this happening, it, like, like, just watch out. He's going to build a statue. Of the first beast. And he's going to give the statue the possibility to actually talk. And he's going to make every single person bow down and worship that statue. And if you do not bow down and worship the statue, guess what happens? You die. And then he's not only going to do that, but he's going to do so many miracles that everybody's going to be like, this dude is the Messiah. He is the return the Savior Lord. Let me ask you a question. Do you know right now the Jewish nation and the Jewish people are waiting on a Messiah to come? Did you know that? Right now the Jewish people are waiting on a Messiah to come. Did you know the Islams are waiting on a Messiah to come? You probably didn't know that. Allah, Allah was a prophet. There has been no Messiah in the Islam faith. So can you imagine when someone starts coming and working miracles, how many people are going to be like, that's him? That's who we've been waiting for? He's going to deceive so many people. All right? This is going to be incredible. And what is he going to issue? He's is going to issue something that he calls a mark of the beast. Now you ask, what is the mark of the beast? This is where we got to last week. The mark of the beast is simply this. It is the name of the beast. Or a number which represents that name. All right? Or a number which represents that name. Let me give you um, a, l- a little side note. You say, will it be the first beast or the second beast? Will it be the false prophet or the first beast that we don't know? Scripture doesn't tell us that. Okay, Scripture doesn't tell us that. So I put in your notes, I said, watch out for both. Okay, when somebody says you need a, a, a name of somebody on your wrist, on your forehead, and they are ruling over someone and they perform miraculous signs, it doesn't matter to me. It's not going on. If It is the first or the second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hedge my bets, okay? I'm going to hedge my bets. And I would, I would suggest, okay, do the same. All right, do the same. Alright, very good. But it gets better. It gets better. Because in chapter fourteen, the lamb comes back. Alright. They seize him on the throne, but something's gonna happen in between fourteen and when chapter sixteen starts. The bowls finish up, and after the bowls finish up, seventeen gives you all the answers. And then there's this weird thing called the millennium. We have not studied the millennium, but before we go any further, I want to ask you a question, and that is, do you have any questions? Do you have any questions? Hmm. Not about the millennium, about everything that we've covered so far. have any questions? Okay, well, let me ask you something. We talked about pre, mid, and post what? Right. Yes, very good. All right. Pre-meaning, is Jesus going to come? What, what, does, do you remember my definition for rapture? I may change my definition. I'm not going to say I'm always going to have the same definition for rapture, but to the best of my knowledge of what a rapture actually means, it is us being with Jesus in our body. All right. So you can take that definition. You can toss that out. It doesn't matter to me. All right. But when will that happen? Well, is it going to be before, is it going to be during, is it going to be after? Right. I, I've given you evidence in that sheet for all three, all right? I've given you a little bit of a commentary on a little note that I have, and you choose for yourself. I met today with um, Brother Tad. you remember know who I'm talking about, Brother Tad? Tad um, Dugan. Yes, sir. Tad Dugan. A uh, man, a uh, great, Oh man, I love me some Tad. Y'all, he, have you all ever seen him, Like uh, he's the most joyful person, like he's always smiling, and so he came in today, and we just got to talk, and he told me how he was at Disney World, and he was walking me around, and he started to look at everybody, and he said, and this was God speaking to him, and he, he said, I just thought he said, Tad, do you know every single person right here has a relationship, and they are either in a relationship with me or not in a relationship with me? He says, everybody that you see, they're going to spend an eternity somewhere. How many people are spending eternity in hell? And what are you doing to, 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 to make a difference? And now Tad looked at me in the eyes, and he begins to weep and cry like the drape. He says, Yeah, I don't do good with God's emotional. I'm just like I'm kind of like looking at me and then you know, I'm like I don't know what to do. But he says, but then God said, like like hit me in. When I, when he says God said, he's not saying like he heard a voice, he's like, this is what he impressed on my heart, so that's what I should say. God impressed on his heart. He said, how many youth are coming through the church and I'm just wasting. Wasting. y'all and it's so it can be so easy just to waste all the knowledge that we have about the book and that we have received over the last 7 or 8 Weeks It can all go. It can be wasted because knowledge is a means to an end. Knowledge is a means to an end. Knowledge pops up. But wisdom is an end in and of itself. Wisdom creates an action. And so what should this knowledge produce? It should produce in us a wisdom. And what is that wisdom? That wisdom is that Jesus is coming and so many people are going to have an eternity either with God in heaven or either with the Satan and hell, and that should produce in us a winsome mentality to go out and try our best to save all those that Christ died for. That's what this study should produce in us. Okay? It ends like this, okay? You say, how does it end? How does it end? How does it end? Alright. Wait, I had a Yes. Thank you. Yes, very good. Thank <laughs> you. All right. It's, I love it's it. It's completely, I don't it's somewhat unrelated. No, no, no unrelated question. Last week you said something about Antiochus Epiphanes. Yes, Antiochus Epiphanes, yes. What was the relevance to, the, so, like, so, like what tied of in to... Yes, okay, I very good. I wrote the name down, but I didn't... Okay, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up. Okay, so... Jesus talks about the end times in Mark chapter 13, Matthew chapter 24. If you want to be gracious, you can say Matthew 25. I'm not gracious. I'll say just Matthew 24. And also Luke chapter 21. Now when Jesus talks about those in those three gospels in those three chapters, every single time he brings up something called the abomination of desolation. Have you ever heard of it? The abomination of desolation. Daniel even mentions it a little bit. And he says this is what will happen. There will be an abomination of desolation sat in the temple. And when that happens, that means the end time is coming. He's like, run, flee, because like it's about to get bad. And Jesus is saying, when y'all see the abomination of desolation, y'all know something's up. Now, I brought up Tychus Epiphanes because he is the only person that it's said to have actually caused an abomination of desecration. Now he did this in 40. B.C. Now, what does B.C. mean? Do you know, before Christ, all right? So if he did this before Christ, and Jesus is speaking, by the way, you say, what did he do if they called it abomination of desolation? He hated the Jews. Maybe not as much as Hitler, but he did not like the Jews. And so what he did is he took a pig. Jews hated the swine, they wouldn't have anybody He He sacrificed it in the altar, blood everywhere. And so Jesus taught in about 29. I'm going to give you probably 27 to 29 BC. Absolutely not. The 27 to 29 AD, which doesn't mean after death, it means anno domini, which means the year of our Lord. All right. So he probably would have said that sometime in here, which would have been after, because he's talking about the future. So it would have been sometime after, I'm glad you brought this up, it would have been sometime after, you see how it could not be because this was before the Jesus speaking as a future relevance. So i have kind of disproved that theory. A lot of people hold, some people hold that theory. It's possible, but not probable. So that was, that, that was the relevance. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up. Okay, so let me ask this question. I know that we're running out of time, and indeed we are there. She says, saying. But I take a Where are we at? Where are we at? Um, and we may go just a few minutes long tonight, and um, I know that, that you're thinking, Drake, you don't want to spend my time. I do, I do. Um, and so please forgive me. Um, but, but where are we at? Where where we at? That's the question that I want you to think. Okay, so we're going to put seventy AD when John wrote it, and we're going to put twenty twenty two where? But here we're putting um like like final judgment. Okay, here we're going to put final judgment. Where are we at right now? That's what I want you to ask. And, and then we'll put, we'll put um, like, like okay, or we'll just like do it just like that. And you say, well, are we here? Are we closer here? Are we in the middle? Are we on fire? Are we, where are we at? What would you say? Anybody have a guess? We're closer. That's what we're doing. Okay, so, so you're going to say right here. We're somewhere this way. Yeah. Right. Okay, all right, all right. We're somewhere here, this way. All right, I want to give you three views of Revelation, three end-time views of Revelation that answer this question right here. It all has to do with the millennium. The millennium is found in Revelation chapter 20, and I'm not even going to read it because I don't think that you need to, um, to, to, really, to, to really read it. Here's, here, I do want to make one point, though, is that it, read with think and uh, look at Revelation 20 um, and go to verse 4. It says this, verse 4, Then I saw the thrones of the people sitting on them had been given authority to judge, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark, on their foreheads or their hands, they all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So, in this thousand-year reign, called a millennium, is you say, it literal? Is it figurative? What is it? I don't know. Like we're not going to get bogged down and know some like like we, we don't. It, it doesn't matter. Here's what we do know: we do know that the people who are persecuted guess what they're about to do? They're about to come back to life, and guess what they're going to do? They are going to reign with Christ. That's a, for a significant amount of time. That's a pretty good reward for having, you know, your head locked off. Like, okay, I'll be a priest with Christ. I'll, I'll take that. You know, I mean, that's not. I mean, it could be worse, is what I'm saying. Okay, it could be worse. So let me ask the question: Where are we at? All right, three views. View number one. I'm going to call this. Do you want the actual name or the easy to understand name? Easy to understand. You all said it the same. Okay. All right. I love that. Okay. We'll put history in there. Very good. All right. We'll put history. Now, I, I, let me tell you what it's actually called. Okay. This is called a post-millennium post-millennium theology. What does that mean? It means that we are after the millennium. And so I'm just going to call it history. Okay, that's all I'm going to call it. Okay, I'm just going to call it history. I just want to say tell you the actual name. Alright. So we're going to call it history. What does that mean? That means that most of everything that we've read in Revelation happened happened when? Back in history, actually before 70 A.D. Now you think this should hold no weight? This shouldn't be true. This should just—this is foolishness. No, 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 no. This has some weight to it now. This really does have some weight to it. You say, "Well, how will the Antichrist come?" Well, I don't know. I don't know. He can't—he can't answer all the questions. But let me tell you something that it—it—it—it. let me just t- tell you this. Do you remember when I told you about the Nero being six six six, but in the Greek it was actually Neron, and it was six one six, and that kind of was like okay, well that kind of okay makes sense. Go with me to Matthew twenty four. Matthew twenty four. Let me say, let me say this. Now, obviously, I don't believe. I'm just saying that it's... Yes, thank you. Thank you. All right, thank you. All right, Matthew 24. I'm about to read this and Ben's going to shake his head and wag too. Okay. All right, get this. 34, verse 34. So Matthew 24, verse 34. This is about to blow y'all's minds like, we need to go, Dre. This is what's blowing my mind. I know. Okay. We're about to be done. I tell you the truth. He says that this generation will not pass from the scene until all these things take place. And you see that? You're like, what in the world, Jesus? This generation will not pass? What do you mean? That that, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. So is Jesus a liar? Okay. So that, this, makes that make a lot of sense. Okay. Because he's talking about the end times. Remember Matthew? See him talking about the end times? Well, that... Well, that Makes it make sense. It does. It makes sense. I'll tell you one more thing that makes it make sense, though. It's not the only thing. Generation. How does yours translate, generation? Generation. 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 <coughs> okay. Does anybodys have a little apostrophe there or something? There? What does your apostrophe like? If you go down at the bottom, what does it say? Or race, or race. Okay, very good. Or this, age. or this age. Yeah, very good. Does anybody say or nation? Yeah, or, or nation. All right. So those are very good. Thank you. Those are different interpretations. It could be generation. But this age would not pass until... That would make it make more sense, wouldn't it? This nation would not pass. It would make it make more sense. This race would not pass. It make it make more sense, okay? And so, yeah, they're, they're, they're good. But that's not the only view. You also have the future view, which most people in here hold, okay? The future view says what? Everything, most of everything, not everything, but most everything that's happened in the book of Revelation is going to happen in the future. So it's still to come. It's going to, it hasn't, most of it hasn't happened yet. It's, 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 we've seen some of it start to trickle down, and, and we're headed towards it, okay? Now, what would the, the last one is called, I'm going to give you its actual name. This is number two, the actual name is pre-millennium theology, okay? So we have post, meaning that, that we're after Everything in Revelation. Pre and before most of the stuff in Revelation. Now three, it's the very last one. I'm going to write its actual name down, okay? So, as just to confuse everybody. Ah. Millennialism. You, you said I. ah. Oh, ah. 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 Hey, ah, Millennialism. Okay, what, what does that mean? Here's basically what that means. That means... That we are in in this in this theory in this view, it means we are in the thousand year reigning with Christ right now. We are in the millennium right now, and the devil is bound, and everything else that happens in the millennium. Now, out of both of them, I, I, I mean, out of both, like I would put my money least on this one. Okay, I will say that I put my money. It, it is a view, and it's. of all Christians hold this view. So I'm not saying that nobody does. I mean, 15% of anything is a lot, right? Uh, Especially when you have 3 billion people. So a lot, a decent amount, but more people hold one of these two. Okay, more people hold these two. This would be number one, those people hold this. I mean, if you were in the room, you'd be like, okay, i hold this one. It's probably what you would hold. You may hold this one. You're going right across the field to hold this one especially different denominations, okay? Um, like your Pentecostals they, they must do right here. Okay? i one you'll run across them. Seventh day Adventists I think they hold uh I'm Okay, good. Any questions? Great job. Woo thank you. Thank Sorry, you. I'm thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, thank y'all. Yeah. Um Thank y'all for listening, for being attentive, for wanting to pay attention, and I really appreciate that. Look, y'all are absolutely awesome. I want to share with y'all my last, my very, very last um, little, little little, thing, and it's this, okay? It's Matthew 25, and it's the parable of the bridesmaids. I know we need to go. but I just want to share this with you, okay? I've been waiting like all the time to share this all seven weeks, so here we go. Okay? <coughs> he said, this is Jesus speaking. He said, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil with their lamps. The other five were wise enough to take along extra oil when the bridegroom was (coughs) delayed. They became drowsy and fell asleep. But at midnight, they rose up. And looked. the bridegroom is coming, they said. And all the bridesmaids got up, prepared their lamps. And the five foolish ones asked the others, Hey, give me some of your island, boy, because my lamps have run out. Just like a young girl will do. And then, but the others replied, verse 9, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to the shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were going to buy the oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready with went in with him to the mayor's feast and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside and began calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. That's the reason that we studied so that we could be on watch, so that we could be ready and we wouldn't miss it. Thank y'all so much. Love y'all. Y'all have some careful and drive careful. Hey, Sal. Hey, baby.